Welcome to Sausage on a Fork, a podcast dedicated to the UK's longest-running children's drama programme, Grange Hill. My name's Neil, and in each episode, I'll interview a former cast member about their life before, during and after their time on the programme. Okay, welcome to the next episode of Sausage on a Fork, and I am absolutely delighted to say that I have been joined by none other than Karen Lewis, who played Miss Ros Partridge. Karen, welcome to Sausage on a Fork. Thank you, Neil. Lovely to be here. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. Okay, so what we'll do, Karen, is we'll start the way we start every episode. And if you can just tell us how you got into acting. Well, um, that's uh, an interesting question. Um, I had always, after wanting to be a nurse and then um, drive a fire engine, right. uh, I <laughs> quite early on at school thought, oh, I like this. I like uh-huh. being on stage. Um, and it sort of went from there. And uh, I got a job quite early on um, right. as an ASM understudy, uh-huh. uh, which you was very helpful because in those days way back <laughs> yeah <laughs> we're talking you know 40 years ago right. i say with with horror um uh, but also gratitude because i'm yeah. still here 40 years later uh yeah i i um i got a job as an asm understudy and in those days you had to be a member of equity to work in the right. profession and you had to have 40 weeks work outside london before you could get um, a full equity card. So I uh, went off on this job, which was a tour and gave me 20 weeks of my 40. And that's how it all started really. And then from there I went up to to rep in Derby and Leicester. And that segues on to why I did Grange Hill, if that's right. okay. question, another question. <laughs> <laughs> um, while I was in, um, in at the Leicester Haymarket Theatre, uh-huh. I worked with the most wonderful writer, whose name was Anthony Minghella. All right. And the late and very great Anthony Minghella, whom many of your listeners probably won't, won't know, but we'll know if I tell tell them that he won an Oscar for uh, The English Patient uh-huh. in the 90s. Yeah. In the 80s, he was script editor for Grange Hill. Yeah. And he asked me, he said, would you like to be in Grange Hill? Wow. I'd love you to be. And I said, wow, are you writing the scripts? And he said, yeah, I'm script editor. So <laughs> I said, well, then I'm in. <laughs> Brilliant. He was a brilliant, brilliant writer, yeah. wonderful man, a wonderful director, and uh, and sadly died way, way too early. Uh-huh. Yes, that's that's how I got into um, acting, and that's how I got into Grange Hill. Yeah, that's what this podcast is about, Grange Hill. But you'd done television acting before Grange Hill as well, hadn't you? You know, you'd been in a quite a few I'd been in, in in a few things, and I I was. I did a few episodes of um, God. I've completely forgot what it's called. Um, what's the What's the medical? Um... Oh, casualty. Casualty. Thank <laughs> you so much. This is. I have to warn you that I am severely jet lagged. So <laughs> I've had about two minutes sleep, in four hours. 
So if if um, I'm somewhat inarticulate, or my memory fails me, you'll know why. Anyway, thank you. I was I did Casualty. I did a series with um, Tom Wilkinson uh, called Resnick, um, and then I did bits and bobs of uh-huh. um, te- oh the Bill, the good yeah. old Bill, which was wonderful source of work for uh-huh. for most actors. Um, and, and unfortunately doesn't exist any longer. But um, yeah. yeah, I did that and, and a lot of theatre. Right. Okay, so so you've said there that uh, obviously Anthony Minghella was largely responsible for you getting into, into Grange Hill. So were you aware of the programme at the time? Were you aware of, of, of how big it was? Yes, I was aware of it. Um, but not, but I hadn't sort of, I hadn't grown up with it because right. I was already grown up, <laughs> um, and uh, and I really wasn't aware of, of its popularity and and how distinguished it was as a as um, yeah. a series. And I think when I joined, it was a really golden time because that was the time that so many issues were were being looked at by Phil Redmond and his writing team. So I was there during the um, Zamo yeah. heroin addiction period. And, and there were a whole raft of, of other issues that were yeah. being looked at. Um, my storyline being actually being one of them because yeah. I was um, introduced as um, a single mother. And at that time, I mean, if you... You can't imagine it now. No, it, it just doesn't seem it doesn't seem no. real now, does it? <laughs> no, but then it was it was such a um, a stigma to be an unmarried mother, and uh-huh. and people were really frowned upon. Women were frowned upon. Yeah. It wasn't as bad as in the fifties. And I was actually in a play about this when when oh, if right. girls got pregnant out outside marriage, they were sent off to these dreadful um, homes where they were, where they had to have their babies and their babies were then immediately taken away from them and and given up for adoption. So we'd moved on from that, but it was still not really acceptable to have a child outside marriage. So, and that was my story. Yeah. A a lot of my storyline. So there were wonderful, um, issues being addressed yeah. at that time in Grange Hill. And that yeah. was really very special for, a, for what was considered to be a children's programme. Yeah. It was on at five o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. Um, and yet, I, I, I mean, the number of people that talked to me in the street, adults, uh-huh. um, people over, over 30, over 40, I mean, actually, um, which will seem ancient to um, the young, the younger viewers. Um, yeah. In fact, if I can just uh, a little anecdote: when I was walking down a corridor um, at Elstree where we were filming it, uh-huh. uh, and um, I overheard a couple of the pupils chatting, yeah. and uh, and one of them was saying to the other, "Oh, oh no, no, she's she's." She's 25, and, and you're well over the hill by the time you're 25. <laughs> no way. So, <laughs> so um, you know, it, it, but, but uh, 
Yeah, and then they were still they were still watching it. They were they recognized everybody and, and they were following it. And it was a and it was a I was amazed at how many people I thought, what were you doing watching the telly at five o'clock <laughs> you at work? But it was hugely popular and uh-huh. I, I I'm sure that people sort of rushed home yeah. or, or had a telly at the office or something. Yeah, yeah I mean people watching it. So uh, that is a part of the question I, I'm going to ask you from uh, the guest the guest competition that we do for for each episode. Um, Nick Rodway is the gentleman that won the the guest the guest competition. Who correctly guessed that the last guest was going to be Claire Buckfield. And yeah. next next question to you is a, is about is about joining the show. He said, as an actor, when you get a job in a, in kids television, is it disappointing? Is that the word to use? Is it disappointing that you're in? kids program or do you look at it like well it's a job uh that's that's a really good question uh and uh, i think that at the time that i joined grange hill it there was um it, it was slightly looked on that that children's drama was probably not as prestigious as we we deem adult drama um i think that's very a, a very different attitude today. I think people are, are highly respectful of children's drama, and and that was possibly because of Grange Hill, because Grange Hill was was such an, a well made and well conceived, and uh, quite a um, progressive series that it 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 really gave huge, as I say, prestige to to children's drama, and. Um, I, I then and, and now would not regard children's yeah. drama as any less worthy or 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 acceptable than to than to do as a job yeah. than than adult drama. I'm I'm really happy. And yes, of course, everybody wants to work. So um, for for most people, any job is better than no job. Yeah, yeah. But, but I. I, I wouldn't. I would say that um, children's drama is on a on an equal footing. So children's drama is just as sure. as acceptable and, and delighted to do it. Brilliant. Okay, so can we will just talk a little bit about Grange Hill there a bit more. So you joined in. Well, it was series nine. So what would have been eighty five when you joined? It went on air in eighty six, yeah. and you joined as Miss Ros Partridge, who was the history teacher and the head of the third year, as it was then, year nine, if they call it these days. And so you were working with people like Jonathan Lambeth from the, the pupil side, you know, Danny Kendall, Aunt Jones, people like that. But it was a time where Grange was a, a changed a bit. And it wasn't just about the children. You know, there was a lot of, Stuff as we, you know, you've mentioned there about uh, the teachers and teacher storylines, and when you look at the teacher, the, the cast that played the teachers at that time, it's a really strong cast, isn't it? Yeah. People you're working with there, the fact that you had like Gwyneth Powell and Michael Shade and Nicola Donnelly and Michael Cronin and Lucinda K, and it, it just goes on and on. There's so many. Um, don't forget George A. Cooper. No, not a so, no, no one can forget George A. Cooper. I mean, yeah. Mr. Griffiths is a, a legend in everything he does, isn't he? You know, but yeah, he he, he was tremendous. And was there was there anyone 
out, you know, out of that core that you were sort of particularly close to or, you know, best friends, should I say, like anything? Well, like I was actually, yes, very good, very close friends with and still am with Lucinda Curtis, right. who played um, uh, the PE teacher, I think. Mrs. Regan, yeah. <laughs> Mrs. Regan, yeah. Um, we, we were great mates. And um, and Gwyneth, I, I, I felt close to Gwyneth, Gwyneth Powell. She was the really the mother of the company, if uh -huh. you like, at that yeah. time. And uh, very professional and, um, and very um, engaging actress. Uh -huh. uh, uh, so, uh, and, I, and I worked again later um, in the theatre with Michael Cronin. So right. that was sort of nice to, to carry that on. Uh -huh. um, so yeah, there were there were a few that that uh, uh, Jeffrey Kassoon, There were a few that that yeah. we were sort of the same age and uh, or similar ages, uh -huh. and um, and and really got on, got on very brilliant. well. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. Okay, so and obviously you know we have mentioned the fact that the the storyline that you had it, it was sort of a, a big scandal. Um, at the time, shall we say? But yeah. it, it's interesting, and, and you know, it, it's the way it's written was really good because there was just little. When you watch it back as an adult, there's little seeds planted here and there. You know, the fact that Miss Partridge couldn't always stay for staff meetings, and or uh, or or her yeah. mother was sick. There was there was little things thrown in like that, and you just think, yeah, that's really really clever. You know, the fact that. It, it was done for, and for the kids program like that um, to have those little sorts of seeds planted because there's one where she couldn't stay for a staff meeting because her mother was sick and then a couple of episodes later she's got a really bad cold and it's Mr Bronson says to her did you get that from your mother and she was like uh, Miss Partridge is like well what, what, what are you talking about well I thought your mother was, had been sick oh yeah yeah she had the flu and you know and it's just little <laughs> things like that that you just think that's Really, really clever the way it, it was done. And can I ask about Michael Sheard? I mean, because obviously, you know, all professional actors, but everyone says just what what a what an amazing what a great fella he was, you know. He was he was he was he was also if Gwyneth was the mother of the company, he was the father. Right. And um he, he was a wonderful, if I dare say almost old-fashioned type of actor uh -huh. you know he that that sort of the the, the jacket and bow, bow tie persona that he had as as his character in Grange Hill uh, as the French teacher and the I think was he deputy head at yeah, one point I think. Yeah. And, and that was sort of almost how he was in life <laughs> and he was always taking people under his wing in a rather sort of um headmasterish pedagogic kind of way yeah. <laughs> and uh, and just saying uh, he'd say things to you like um, when you do this scene uh, just just move slightly to the left watch watch move slightly to the left of your mark and then you'll get your key light <laughs> <laughs> it, it was he was great like that yeah and um, uh, and, and and full of anecdotes because he'd done a lot of work yeah he'd done a lot of work in film with he he talked about working with Robert Redgrave and Robert Redford, sorry, and um, and other sort of great movie stars yeah. of the time, and uh, so it was fun. He was yeah. he was a, he was a great teller of anecdotes, and um, 
Yeah, he was, yeah. He was fun to work with. I mean, I've, I've mentioned this before on the podcast. There's a, there was a behind-the-scenes documentary made about Grange Hill, and he's in the uh, makeup room, and you yeah. see him turn from Michael Sheard into Mr. Bronson, and it, it's bizarre when you watch it. It, 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 it it's, it's like he's just Michael Sheard, then he just straightens up his bow tie, puts the wig on, and he's just completely... And, oh, you know, it, it's amazing yeah. to watch... Yeah. And I just think that's some talent, isn't it? You know, to just be able to do that just by straightening a bow tie and putting a wig on and just being a completely different person. Um, yeah, but I tell you what, don't ever underestimate costume no. in, in a drama because it can make you feel suddenly that you're the character. Uh-huh. Yeah. So um, when people win awards for costume and makeup, they really deserve it because yeah. they really do help the um the performance yeah and uh, and that that really worked for michael i'm sure uh, yeah. you know that that bow tie that very buttoned up character yeah um yeah oh you, you've mentioned there you know you were there at the time of zamo you know and, and mm. that and that storyline and that and that was huge wasn't it because it, 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 it crossed everything from like the kids tv to adult tv and everyone knew about it and during the research for, for, for this interview, I, I always watch like little clips and things and bits of episodes. And the episode where it's discovered that he is, you know, is on drugs. Yeah. You're, you're, you have a, a, a small scene in that episode with Lucinda Curtis, uh, Liz Regan, in, in, in her house. Um, and it's just, oh, yeah. again, it's just talking about, you know, uh, kids and being a single parent. And you, you again, Miss Partridge makes reference to the fact that it's different for Miss Regan because she's divorced. And you say it's something like single parents or unmarried mothers will have it worse, believe me. And then it's left. But I just think it's nice. It must be nice to have just a small scene in an episode which is regarded as like a, a big piece of British television history the fact that it's the, the Zamo episode. And I just think that must be nice just to have that little bit. Absolutely. I mean, it's to be involved in good quality drama, however, uh-huh. however much or little you have to do yeah. just to be to be a part of it is is um, extremely rewarding and yeah. uh, and, a, and a privilege because there isn't always a lot of work for people to, yeah. to be involved in great drama. There's <laughs> a very small pool of of actors and actresses. Actors, I wouldn't say actors, actors, but actors. Um, uh, There's there's a very small group that that work all the time. And probably um, when the public's watching television, we don't really notice that. But if you make an effort to notice it, you'll see that the same people turn up over and over and over again which is because they're very talented, which is fantastic. Yeah. But the repertory pool, if you like, of actors in in any country, I guess, but I, uh-huh. I can only speak for this country, is actually very small. Right. And so if you are involved in a, a prestigious drama, a uh-huh. well-written drama, it's a it's a privilege yeah. and it's 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 wonderful, and um, I'm very proud to be in it, largely because I think it's so well written and so well acted by 
Lee McDonald, who who played um, who played Samo. I thought he was wonderful in it, and uh, it, it really caught the the public attention. Yeah. And then, of course, as you as you know, move, uh, went on to the Just Say No campaign, and um, and many of the the cast, the young cast, going up to going off to Washington to the yeah. White House to meet Nancy Reagan, and it was it was a huge subject yeah. at that time, and. Uh, and I'm, yeah, I, I could only say yes, I'm really glad to have been a part of it, even though Brilliant. I wasn't involved with that, specifically with that story. Uh -huh. It was just yeah. great to have been in that episode. Yeah. Brilliant, brilliant. Okay, so on like, on, on social media and stuff, when, you know, in the Grange Hill, like fan sites and things, and um, when they talk about teachers that you would have liked, Miss Partridge is one of those that people would have liked to have had in their school she was that type of character you know she she did have the kids best you know incest her heart she put the kids first a lot of the time um, and there was once there's one bit where the two of the girls cheryl and louise webb their father had died and she went to visit them now cheryl webb was played by amara santi yeah. who is now like you know this amazing director you know yeah did, did you ever have any kind of inkling that she would go on to do anything like that? Uh, honestly, no. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because you didn't really... The, the actors that play, that were the, the, the children, the kids, uh -huh. um, you just didn't know. And you didn't know what, what they would want to do afterwards, yeah. whether they would want to continue in this insane profession or whether they want to do something sensible and <laughs> reliable <laughs> um but uh, so so no i didn't know and actually my my son my youngest son who's an actor um has, has worked with her uh -huh. and uh, and she said she remembered me so <laughs> i i really chuffed to hear that yeah oh, but uh, no i wasn't aware that Although I I do remember thinking, oh, she's good. Yeah. I do remember thinking that she's very she's very talented, but not that she would go on to be a, a such a, a celebrated director. No. Yeah, brilliant. brilliant. Okay, so then well, you know your your storyline was the fact that Miss Partridge had a little boy called Simon, and we meet Simon, mm -hmm. and then the worst pupils to have found out found out. It was Imelda Davis, uh, Helen Kelly, and Sharon, the, the Terra Hawks. So obviously, news spread pretty much straight away. And even like the kids were shocked. You know, there was a line don't tell me we've got an unmarried mo mother on the staff. And that's from a child, you know. So that's, as you said, that stigma was, was there. Um, you know, and the fact yeah. that she was going to hand her notice in for it and, and all that. But Mrs. McCluskey wouldn't have it, would she? She refused. Uh, <laughs> Refused to accept it. And then that was sort of the end of the, the series then because they said, we're not accepting your resignation. We'd rather hand our resignation in than, than you leave type thing. So that was the end. But then there was also the fun run at the very end of the series. Yeah. Um, and Simon was with Miss Partridge. Well, while Miss Partridge was dressed as a princess, I believe. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, I remember that day. It was a great day. It was sort of sports, sports, Grange Hill sports day. Yeah. That's, so then 
the next series came about series 10 in well it was filmed as again filmed 1986 but went on in uh, 1987 and Miss Partridge has been promoted to like the head of sixth form but you weren't in this series as much <laughs> as you'd been the previous series now I know why uh, <laughs> <laughs> but can you do you want to explain what the the situation and and you know some of the difficulties you might have had for filming that series. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, the long and short of it was that I was pregnant <laughs> uh, and uh, expecting our first child, and uh, I went at, sort of at the end at the end of the first series. I went to our producer Ron Smedley, who who sadly died not that long ago. Uh-huh. Um, but I went to him and I said. Um, I'm going to have a baby, and uh, I, you can't have the old slag getting pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to have to leave the series. And he, I, w- I was so flattered because he pretty much begged me to stay on right. and said, please, please stay on. We'll write uh, your storylines around it. Um, so, I mean, I, how could I refuse that? That yeah. was a fabulous offer. And um, which, so I, I stayed on. Unfortunately, they didn't write it into the, um, they didn't write anything into the, um, into the storyline because I guess they couldn't for the reason yeah. I've just made, I just um, posited is that yeah. uh, you can't have a pregnant again. I mean, <laughs> you know, what, once is enough. Uh, so, um, so uh, they didn't make any reference to the fact that um, Miss Partridge was pregnant. So I got fatter and fatter, and uh, and they promised to um, to film me sort of just from the uh, neck up, really. Right. <laughs> but they didn't. So you could see this. As my husband so delicately put it, I looked like three ripe watermelons walking down the <laughs> corridor. Um, and uh, and I said, could we not have a scene where somebody mentions, gosh, Roz, you're putting on a bit of weight or have her snacking cream donuts in the staff room? None of that happened. So uh, unfortunately, I was, um, I was filmed just uh, getting chubbier and chubbier. Um, <laughs> Uh, but um, the reason, obviously, that I wasn't in it as much was that you know I was um, didn't have the, have the yeah. uh, same energy really towards the end of, of my pregnancy. Yeah. So yeah, the, yeah, that was the, that was the reason. Because it, it's strange, obviously. You know, I, I've been going through it and uh, and watching it, and there's a lot of you spent. Miss Potter spent a lot of time in the sixth form common room. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm guessing a lot of that was because there was comfy seats in there. Yeah. <laughs> because, you know, having been a sixth former in the past, when the head of our sixth form came in, no one wants them to be in there. You know, it was just like, no, what, what, and we'd all leave. Um, yeah. I'm guessing that, that that's what it was. And there's, a, there's also a bit where uh, the, all the Danny Kendall storyline came in and, you know, and they were raising money and Mr. Bronson decided the staff needed to do something and he'd be the treasurer for the fundraising committee. And then he asked he asked Miss Partridge to be the secretary, which she agreed to. But then she went missing for seven episodes as well. <laughs> God, you just reminded me of all that. I'd forgotten that. Yeah. 
And that, and that was your last series at Grange Hill. Obviously, you know, you, you've said you were pregnant. Did you then take sort of, did you take a break from acting? Uh, I, I took a, a, a break from, um, sc- from screen right. and theatre. Uh-huh. Uh, w- what I did, because my husband was working up in Stratford uh-huh. uh, and uh, I was down with uh, looking after a, a little one, um, on my own, so I couldn't really go off around the country right. to work. So I just started doing voiceovers and oh, right. um, and did uh, that. That was sort of uh, quite a um, a great great career, really, uh-huh. to do voiceovers because I could be with the. I had another one, um, another <laughs> son, so uh, so I could be with the children and work. Right. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, I did, I did continue to to do quite a lot of theatre actually, uh-huh. but it was when uh, they were a little bit older. Than... Yeah, I mean, because you you did do you know other bits, you know, film and 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 TV and stuff, and you were in Let Him Have It, which yes, which was uh, you know a, a massive thing because because of the storyline and the issue that that dealt with that was like a really sensitive thing to 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 be in. And George Christopher is in that as well. Ziggy Greaves, he was in a scene in that. Oh, I didn't well. know that, was he? Yeah, yeah. Oh, so Ziggy, <laughs> that as well, because obviously he, he was. He told me when he was on that. It, Tom Bell, isn't it? it? It's Chris. Um, Christopher Eccleston. Thank you, Christopher Eccleston, yeah. and Tom Bell, I think. Yeah. Yeah, and because Aaron had been on Grange Hill, you know, Ziggy went, was talking uh, to. To Tom Bell about, about that, yeah, right, um, right, yeah, yeah. And is it too? Were you in Chaplin? Is that right? Yes, I was right. in Chaplin. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Brilliant. With, with Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Did you get to like speak to him, work with him, anything? Yeah, I I had a little scene with him, um, uh, and uh, he he is the most enchanting man. Yeah. <laughs> But by his own admission, and this is no secret, uh, he was grappling with a, a very serious drug problem uh-huh. at the time. Um, and I know that they had to do a lot of takes. Right. <laughs> but then when they got the, the right one, he was utterly brilliant. Yeah. I, I think he's just the most monumental talent. Uh-huh. And, of course, he's he's come through that period of his life and is uh well we know one of the biggest movie stars in the world yeah you've mentioned the fact that you did like the bill and casualty but you also did a touch of frost as well oh yeah and did you get did you get to work with Gwyneth Powell on that was she in any anything that you did on that because I know she was in that every now and again no I didn't right Judge John Deed was another one and so do you still act now yes I I do uh I I was um, had a a nice little cameo in a film that is probably coming out this year, I would think. All right. Called um, oh god, I can't even remember what that was called now. <laughs> the, the jet lag's <laughs> kicking in now. <laughs> honestly, honestly, I have in the last forty eight hours, I think I've had two and a half hours sleep. So. Wow. Um, If I may just interject here, Karen has since been in touch to tell me 
that the working title for the film is Surprised by Oxford. Now, back to the interview. Uh, but uh, yes, and uh, I did a voice in a, a Czech animated film right. with, with my son, actually. Uh-huh. Uh, it was the first time we've ever worked on the same project together. Brilliant. And uh, I do as, yes, I mean, it, it is very much bits and bobs nowadays. It's not, sadly, it's not a, a long-running series, right. which would be very nice <laughs> indeed. But uh, no. oh, uh, uh, but I do do a, other things outside acting because you have to, frankly. Yeah. Unless you are one of that tiny pool of people that works all the time, you have to do other things. So I do do other things. Yeah, could you... And, all right. Yeah, yeah, I do some work in football. Um I I worked with a a company that uh, do what we call legends games. So it's international players Uh uh, playing charity matches. So we've organized, we organized an England v Germany game to Uh coincide with the the 50th anniversary of the World Cup. Uh, England lost, by the way, (laughs) in our game. Uh, and we, the one that I'm most proud to have been associated with was uh, a, a game called The Game for Grenfell, where right. we put on a, a game at Loftus Road and um, uh, it was to raise money, which we did. We raised over a million pounds wow. for um, the survivors of Grenfell. And it was the most phenomenal day with everybody that we asked took part yeah so we you had jose Mourinho playing in goal and you had right. Oli Burs, um scoring the, the the winning goal and uh I, it was everybody wow. you've ever thought of yeah uh, celebrity in the world was, took part and every great ex-international took part uh so it was um a phenomenal day and we're hoping uh if this comes off i mean watch the space it may or may not but right. we're at the moment um hoping to do a game for ukraine which will be right. a big global yeah. event so that's uh that's what i'm busy no, with that, when I'm not acting that's brilliant um now you've mentioned your husband you've mentioned your son and obviously i, I don't know how many people know this listening but you are in a you know, quite a, a big sort of acting family. And your father-in-law, just one of the biggest legends on stage and screen, Mr. Richard Attenborough. Can I ask, were you in awe of him? Like, so, what sort of when you first met him? Oh, yeah, hugely. I mean, I, <laughs> I remember going to um, to have lunch at, at their home the first time I met them. I was shaking. I was right. so nervous. <laughs> to meet this huge I mean it's I I suppose it's bad enough bad enough when you're meeting a parent for the first time anyway but for it to be him as well it's like it's perfectly understandable that you were you were that nervous as well because I mean he's in like The Great Escape in Jurassic Park two of my you know my favourite films of all time and was he just everything that you would have expected him to be? Because I, I just expect him to just be the, the nicest person in the world, basically. Like He was, uh, well, I adored him. And yeah. um, uh, I, I think he 
Uh, he was an extraordinary human being. Uh -huh. Many people described him as a great man, and he was in so many respects a great man. I mean, he was human. So yeah. <laughs> like everybody else, he got tired or he got grumpy or he... <laughs> uh, uh, all those, but but his achievements and his um, generosity uh, of of his time of his of his uh, talents was uh -huh. immense, yeah. and uh, it was fascinating to see the the work that he did and the life that they led. Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, he was um, quite an extraordinary. Extraordinary man, and of course, um, his brother, who's yeah. still with us, is um, equally the most extraordinary human being. Yeah, quite a fascinating family to be a part of. Yeah, did you ever talk shop? Oh, yeah, all yeah, right, yeah. okay. I mean, earlier, often he would show us the rushes uh, of. Or, or, or a film that was just being put together and, uh -huh. and we see various stages and he'd ask, ask our opinions of, you know, what do you yeah. think? What do you think about the editing? What do you think about, you know, is there anything that we can, we should edit out or... Uh, so it was great, yeah. Yeah, I, I think just just to have been around, it must have been something, but then it, like to be in the family as well, just amazing. And like you say, to have uh, David Attenborough in the family as well is, yeah. is incredible. Like, so, okay. So, Karen, we are coming towards the end of the interview. Um, I have got a few questions, and they're all related to Grange Hill. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, uh, last year, there was it was on the news and things that there was going to be a Grange Hill movie in the works. Uh, yeah. Bill Redmond's, you know, involved and, and stuff. What do you think of the idea? I think I think it's a great idea. Right. I, I, yeah, really. I, I mean, I don't know what, when they say there's going to be a film. It, it, I, I, mean, I have absolutely no idea what Phil Redmond has in mind in terms of what sort of period he would cover and whether it would be a completely new story, uh -huh. um, a, a, a script that doesn't uh, uh, look back on the series but uh -huh. has a completely new take on it i don't know but um i mean i'm fascinated to find out <laughs> if you were asked would we see a return of miss partage absolutely <laughs> brilliant <laughs> that's what we want <laughs> oh, I love it. absolutely miss miss partridge with children and maybe even grandchildren yeah now. yes please oh tremendous tremendous <laughs> okay so um other than Miss Partridge, um, who was your favourite character in Grange Hill? Uh, adult or child? Either, completely up to you. Both if you want. Uh, well, I guess because my favourite... Well, do you mean the part that I'd have liked to, I'd like to play? Or yeah, you can say that. that just anything, yeah. really, yeah. Well, it wasn't really a part that I'd like to play, although I would have liked to have played it. Um, when I was younger, but actually it's, it was a part of Zamo uh, yeah. because his journey was so devastating really yeah. and, and moving and important that uh, I think it was one of the great storylines of, uh, of children's drama. Definitely. Yeah. Okay. So my final question then, why do you think there is still such affection for Grange Hill? 
I think for all the reasons we've talked about, because I, I think it resonates with people's lives, even uh-huh. today. It, it resonates, doesn't it, uh, with with what people have been through, are going through, um, and uh, it's the human condition, and it addressed uh-huh. all those aspects of the human condition which like Shakespeare is infinite it's and uh, and apposite for our any time yeah our times and and any time so I think Grainchill did that and still does that yeah which is why so it has so yeah. much affection Karen thank you uh, so much for it's coming such on. a a pleasure. It's been great talking to you, Neil. Thanks so much no, for having not, me. Not a problem, not at all. No, it, it's been wonderful hearing your experiences and, and and your memories. And thank you so much again for coming on. And for, great any, pleasure. for anyone who's listening, I'll speak to you next time. Cheers. Thank you. Bye-bye.